0: Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood the inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Prison Care Podcast, Part 2, Positive Prison Culture from the Inside. Today, we'll continue our conversation with Jay, incarcerated in a Level 3 medium security prison in Colorado, as we explore the concept of positive prison culture. What does that look like on the inside? In part one, we talked about noise, the challenges it creates, and how inmate residents can choose to respond in positive ways to those challenges. We heard Jay talk about the importance of respect for yourself and for others, and the delicate balance that can be to maintain. We learned about being a positive change engine, how an individual inmate can choose to be a force for good in the face of overwhelming negativity and we touched on the idea of hypervigilance that grows out of a survival mindset something that inmates and correctional officers have in common i'm sabrina and in just a moment we'll pick back up with the telephone interview with jay i just want to remind you that the sound quality is a little rough on these phone interviews And while we've done all we can to clean it up, if you have trouble understanding Jay, you can always refer to the transcript of this episode. Today, we're going to explore in depth this idea of hypervigilance, a constant state of arousal that becomes the norm inside a prison neighborhood. Residents always have to be on alert, checking the atmosphere for signs of trouble, taking the temperature of volatile people with whom they are locked in, no way to take a break from it even for a day. The corrections officers also have to be on alert, heightened senses, anticipating a troubling situation before it becomes a crisis. And while COs get to go home at the end of their shift and get a break from the strain, their shifts are too long. Their time at home is too brief, and they often arrive back at work the next day without having had the chance to effectively decompress and refill their tanks. So let's return to our conversation with Jay now, picking up where we left off, on the ideas of communication, relational, and social skills. These are things that are necessary tools for positive prison culture creation, but they're tools that most residents don't have in their toolbox. Communication skills, relationship skills, a lot of people have not had them in the first place, even those who maybe did have them growing up probably lost them for a significant chunk of time um, during the series of events that led up to their being incarcerated and then in the time since they've been down. How does that... Yeah, gee, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> give give people a little snippet yeah. of why that resonates with you.
1: I mean, I I have no excuse to be in the position I'm in, technically. I mean, there's all kinds of factors as, as to what drove it. Yes, I get that, you know, and... and and working on talking about that more, but I had a really good family. Despite our flaws as humans, we had a great family. We were open with each other. I had a good school, good education, etc. Right, and because of someone I met, and and the things in me that were setbacks and hangups that were capitalized on, and I just you know bended the knee more and more. Uh, I lost touch with everything I grew up with. And it is astounding how possible that is. You know, you think mm-hmm. these things are ingrained in you so deeply, and they are. It's not that they never were. It, it's that they can be replaced. They can be washed out. And new paths can be dug so mm-hmm. much more easily than we think. If we think we're being offered something we want from someone, especially someone we think has good interests in mind for us, you know, someone we think is looking out for us, it will change. And it can happen so quickly. And then I lost my way. And over the course of five years, I became someone entirely unrecognizable. And I didn't understand anyone, not even myself. So decorum, etiquette. And all the other things, that were just gone. Right. I could not fit in society, right. and so then I get here.
2: And <laughs> I
1: had, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I, I, I had to completely recalibrate. Yeah, entirely.
0: So since since you've been down, and since you and I have have been reconciled and been rebuilding a relationship. We've come back to a lot of these basic ideas, and we end up laughing and saying, it just sounds like the stuff that we teach our kids in preschool and kindergarten, right? You know, don't pull each other's hair, don't spit on each other, take turns, right? Ask nicely, use your words, right? But it really is a starting over for an awful lot of people. And that's yeah, why. I'm not unique.
1: I am not unique right. in this, even though my story is weird and bizarre and whatever. I get here, and I'm not the only one. Yeah,
2: I'm
1: not the only one. And we're we're all either completely rebooting, or have never been taught these things before, and it's completely new. It's like being thrown in the middle of Russia and saying, "Learn,
2: right. <laughs> you know, figure it figure out." It out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So um, there's a whole lot about self-respect. There's a whole lot about basic respect for other people. There's a lot about communication. There's a lot about recognizing context. And that's what I want to kind of lean into for a couple of minutes. Um, You talked about communicating with somebody who's talking on your porch. And instead of just ordering them get off my porch, you say, you guys, I'm trying to watch a show here. Can you get off my porch? Which gives people context to understand why you're asking for something. And it's really not an unreasonable request because they know when they want to watch their show, they don't want people on their porch. Um, All right. But context becomes extra complicated for you guys on the inside because, <clears throat> pardon me, of the, the fact that you've got to deal with, with the corrections officers and the staff who have a different context than your context. And yet there has to be personal yeah. respect there as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, that delicate dance where you've got the self-respect and respect for others among the residents, but then you also have respect for yourself and respect for others with the cops?
1: Yeah, and that one's that one comes with its own unique challenges because, you know, there are caretakers or babysitters. They They have to make sure we're not fighting, make sure we're not doing bad guy stuff Um, and so that immediately makes them an antagonist right to our lives so even the ones who aren't doing something wrong uh you know the inmates who aren't doing something wrong um you know we're still being looked at as if we might be doing something wrong what are we hiding what are we getting away with which immediately puts you on the defensive immediately makes you want to put up walls right and put separation between you and them and ultimately you know you and I have talked about this a lot when it comes down to it, whether this is always their conscious motivation or not, the COs want the same thing that we want. We want operations to go well that day. Yeah. We want everyone to be able to get to work and get out of work without issues. We want uh, classes to happen uh, without issues, and we want shower to happen without issues. And at some point, people have got to be able to go to yard and get some outside time.
2: Right.
1: Um, and that's it. That's what we all want. And half the time, half the arguments that are going on, um, especially at our facility where operations are, are so uh, uh, unorganized, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're always arguing with the staff about this not being on time or this door not being opened for us when we are being ordered to go somewhere and now we can't get there and we're going to get in trouble simply because you wouldn't open the door because you thought I was trying to get away with something. There's a lot of oh, wow. tension between yeah. us and bridging that gap and trying to understand that ultimately what we all want is the same thing even though I did something wrong got caught and I'm being punished for it and maybe you didn't we're still both individuals I'm yeah. a person you're a person
0: yeah
1: I have wants and needs and hopes and dreams so do you
2: yeah
1: and we have to find a way to meet on that level and without crossing the boundary line of looking like you're trying to schmooze a CEO to get something inappropriate from them, you know? And that's also, that's its own challenge, is when you're being nice and when you're being, you know, courteous or just actually giving a damn about who they are for a second, you're immediately being questioned and eyed both by the CEOs and by the inmates. The inmates are wondering if you're snitching. We're getting something that they want, too, and so Mm -hmm. they want it Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, And then Mm. the cops are going, what do you want from me? What are you trying to trick me and manipulate me into giving you, you know, that? Yeah. It is, and the main key with all of this, then, is just persistence but patience. There's no need to build that kind of healthy rapport in one or two conversations. You might have to do it over 20 or 30 or 40 and you just have to be willing to put in the time.
0: You know, patience is You have is a, to do it every day. Right, patience is have a huge But
1: you have to be willing to understand. Yes, it's it's oh, it's huge, yeah. absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're so limited in in um, when and on what topic and under what circumstances you're uh-huh. ever having yep. connection with a co. Oh, yep. um, because- and it changes. There's no set rules. Right. Like a great example is sometimes we'll be doing a yard pull. You know and so we've got 300 guys leaving
2: a unit going to yard and you've got one CEO standing at the front door holding it open making sure people are wearing the proper attire and so forth wow.
1: and uh, sometimes the, the CEO is in a great mood because things will be going fine this is a, if anything this is an easy break they just have to stay there they don't really have to do anything. We're all anxious to get to yard we're not trying to mess around and do stuff we shouldn't. Other times, they've just shaken down someone's house because they have a quota to meet that day, and they have to shake down X amount of cells. And uh, someone gave them living hell for something. You know, they took a ballpoint pen that they found that someone's not supposed to have, or something like that. And uh, they're not going to write them up for it, um, but they're going to take it. And the person just went and left on them, and, and called them all sorts of things, maybe threatened them, whatever. And now they're in a miserable mood. And you talking to them and trying to be nice and kind is just, they don't want anything. They don't want anything to do with anyone in green right now. That's it. You know what I mean?
0: And it's so so understandable when you explain it that way. But to be living it has got to be like moment to moment, breath to breath. You're having to take the temperature and try to figure out what people actually need.
1: Which is still survival mode, too, in its own way. Mm -hmm. You are constantly reading all of your senses. You're using everything all the time to get a read on each and every person around you. So, even if it's coming from a good place, it's not because you're scared, it's not because you're angry, it's not because you think you're going to die, but you're still engaging the same energies. You know what I mean? The same level of focus and attention to detail. And it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting, and what's unfortunate too is that you could be someone like me or one of my close friends who are doing it intentionally, willfully. You know, in, in employing this kind of focus. Um, but even if you aren't, even if you have no interest in building rapport or anything like that, your senses are still heightened like that, whether you mm-hmm. want to or not. Because to survive in here and to have a good day, where you got to do what you wanted. Um, and feel accomplished and feel satisfied and taken care of, you have to be on edge. <laughs> and and it's, it's every day. There is no weekends. There are no breaks. There's, there's no, if you're awake, you're in that mode. And even when you go to sleep, you never know when your door could be popped and something bad could be surprising you. So even your sleep is still more right. heightened than you wish it was. Right. Um, Well, I'm going to
0: springboard off of that because this is something that I hadn't really thought about much until I began walking through it with you. Um, Even when you're asleep, you're you're sleeping a couple of feet away from someone you do not know. And in most cases, you did not choose. This Uh, is not a roommate that you have known for years and decided, hey, let's get our first apartment together. It's not even a college roommate where you can... Contact housing and say, yeah, you know, this isn't really working out great. I want to make a change and it's no big deal. This is, this is really hard. It's close, close quarters, even when you're sleeping and going to the bathroom with someone that might be extremely difficult. So without getting at all specific, without playing any blame games, but I just want you to bring a little bit of awareness to people. um, Because in the past, you you have a great Sally situation now and you have a, a, Really yeah, great friend. And we are very, very glad for that. Um, but in the past, yeah. you've had someone with some significant hygiene insensitivities, shall we say. Um, yeah. And you were living in very close quarters with someone who would not take just the absolute most basic care with um, not leaving filth for you, Right. Right. And yep. there was no way to uh, away from that. Uh, no, that's uh, that's the
1: main thing. There's no, yeah, no place to run uh, to just have a break. You uh, we're living in what's I guess the average is a ten by seven box. There's a toilet in one corner with a sink next to it, and there's bunk beds on the other side, and and a little metal desk that sticks out of the wall, you know, and. It's tiny, it's cramped, and even people like me and my current Sally, who try and live minimalistically, you know, and just have only what we need. Um, of course, now I have a dog in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody well about
0: again. that, because that's, yeah, that's new. That's a cool, uh, happy little side trail. Why do you have a dog?
1: I, I have a dog because I'm in a, a, a dog program here that, uh, for the Canine Companions uh, for Independence uh and we we get to train dogs to become service and, and assistance dogs one day.
0: So cool! Um, and so
1: I, I, you know, I've graduated to the point of being allowed to be a primary and have my own dog live with me, um,
2: which
1: is pretty cool. Which yeah. is really, really, really cool. Um, adds to the mess, of course. So I have to clean more frequently, but that's okay. The trade-offs are worth it,
2: <laughs> uh,
1: for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a great cellie now, but early on that was never the case. I've had I've had difficult cellie after difficult celly, um, and for all different reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, and the key to being a good cellie, I think, is just awareness and then empathy, giving, giving a damn about the fact that neither of you want to be here. Yeah. You know, and you can you can relate on at least that much, you know, and so let's try and make it as comfortable as possible. And part of that is cleanliness. Part of that is noise uh, awareness. Um, yeah. And and unfortunately, you'll have people who don't always value those things.
2: Yeah.
1: And so you can't. Just, and that's that's a tough thing. I value something. Because I think it's a good standard to have, right? But you might not. Are you wrong for having a different standard than me? Not really.
2: Mm.
1: So Mm. it's, it's very difficult to figure out when you've got people who come from totally, completely different walks of life. And you're both being forced to live somewhere. It's very rare that you get to try and pick who your celly ends up being. That's more of a progressive mindset that comes with normalization these days that they're trying to implement, but that's still down the road before it's a normal thing.
0: Yeah, and that's also um, down the road for better. us on future episodes because we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk a lot about what normalization could look like and what pieces of that yeah, are, are already yeah. happening. But uh, yeah, that's that's a really foreign yeah, concept to a lot of our the, listeners, I'm sure.
1: The right to the right to pick a celly is, is much more earned down the road,
2: and, mm-hmm. and that's, it takes so many steps. It's not just like you you know prove yourself a
1: couple times to to the staff and whatever, and they give you a handout. You know, it's so much more complicated than that and sure. convoluted. But anyway, the uh, ultimately, it's your your mindset every day with a celly is is trying to figure out how can we come to a compromise where we both win something, you know, mm. and <laughs> resolve it without having to fight or put someone in their place, <laughs> right. you know, find me the best man win thing, oh, right. uh, we're, we're looking more for a serendipitous approach, you know, <laughs> um, not this, but this, can okay. we do this instead, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Problem solving yeah. skills. Again, something that some people never learned at all. And even those and who did, never witnessed it. Yeah. yeah. And then even some those who did, never it's not happening where you are now. So even if you grew up with it, maybe right. it's long ago and far away and it requires a ton of intention yeah. to try to do that. So someone said to me once someone on the inside said um, it takes all I got every day. And that, that phrase has just really stuck with me because everybody has seasons of life where that's what it feels like really hard, long stretch. I'm not talking about just a hard day at work. I'm talking about like, like, you know, walking a loved one through a end of life disease, you know, uh, walking with my sister through the end of pancreatic cancer. Like that, that was just a, it never, ever let up even for a moment but those seasons come to an end and when when people are incarcerated that season is only going to come to an end with the end of your incarceration because the way prisons work now at least in the us for the most part um this hypervigilance way of living is just necessary it's necessary for the staff for every hour that they are inside they at least get to leave and go home. But in most cases, they're not spending nearly enough time at home to refuel before they come back in. Um, and then f- for the residents, it's just 24 seven day after day, year after year. So I think it's, it's very important that we on the outside, if we're going to be compassionate people and we're going to find ways to support the people on the inside, we need to understand the relentless nature of that hypervigilance. Um, because that will take all yeah. you got every single day when you're having to live, like you said, using all of your senses all the time to evaluate the situation and the people around you and to figure out how to make things as positive as they can be in that moment to create a yeah. win-win. I love that win-win phrase because things are set up as win-lose automatically, right? That's that's how we do as all humans. Right. And that's when the automated voice we have nicknamed Cassandra came on the line to interrupt our chat again. So we'll end this episode on that final thought. Things are automatically set up as win-lose for humans, but we can choose to seek win-win solutions, whether we're inside a prison or outside the fence. And next week, we'll explore more on this topic. We'll also talk about sharing nicely. Confusion everywhere, the common goals residents and staff can work toward, and ways we can support their efforts from the outside. Remember, the overall goal of this podcast is to encourage listeners to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that can have a positive impact on the overwhelmingly negative culture inside a prison's walls. Would you like to become a supporter of positive prison culture inside a prison facility that you have adopted? You can do it, you know. You really can. We break down the steps for you at prisoncare.org. Visit the website. Download free PDF curriculum to help you get started. And then share your stories with us as things begin to happen. And here's something that a lot of you have been asking about. If you like the idea of prison care, about all of us on the outside taking responsibility for reducing the toxicity of the culture behind a prison's walls, in order to improve the quality of life for everyone on the inside, the prisoners and the prison staff alike? Well, you can now make a financial donation. For details on how you can give, please go to prisoncare.org, and you can even get a tax write-off for your charitable contribution while you are at it. So go to prisoncare.org's community page. You'll find all you need to know there. Friends, there is so much work to be done to reach our goal providing support for positive prison culture in every prison facility in operation. Please consider giving any amount you can. PrisonCare.org community page. We welcome your questions and thoughts. Please drop us a comment on the Contact Us page or send an email to info at PrisonCare.org. Together, we can make a positive difference. Thanks for caring enough to listen today. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside. Because everyone on the inside matters.